Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and this is the Beyond Being Well podcast. Here at the show, we are passionate about helping you. Helping you build deep relationships with yourself, the earth, and others. Helping you foster a deep, embodied sense of well-being and empowerment. Helping you slow down, work sustainably, and consume mindfully. And helping you create social change from the inside out. So settle in, get cosy, and let's get straight on with the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So happy that you've decided to join us again for what is going to be a super stellar episode before we dive into it. Well, firstly, this morning um, I went to have some blood tests done and I was just sitting in the waiting room and I had this sneezing attack that like literally lasted 10 minutes. Like I could not stop sneezing for 10 minutes. So either there's some real deal like clearing happening in my system or potentially I may have picked up a bug from daycare because my system is so sensitive that like I can tell when I get sick like the minute I get infected (laughs) anyway I'm thinking positive vibes maybe it was just something in the air or um yeah something an upgrade going on but I've never sneezed so much in my life and I'm still a little out to it from all the sneezing so that's weird um but look Today's episode is a great one and it kind of relates to um, something that I'm starting on the 20th of Feb, so it's going to be the 20th of the 2nd, 2020, a super potent day. I'm starting um, Unbounce, which is my six-week online socially conscious business immersion. It's going to be so great, so much fun. We're creating like a little community of socially conscious business owners who want to build a new paradigm of business that is not all about gross selling and um, hustling and compartmentalizing. So we pretend we don't have kids, but we're co-creating this paradigm of business and leadership that's all about um, impact and is all about um, planet and people and working sustainably so looking after ourselves in the process so it's six weeks of trainings and circles and masterminding Um, there's also like daily support from me for VIPs um, which is just I'm loving coaching in that way Um, just dying for it at the moment it's so cool getting to hear um, my clients and just connect with them daily and see what's going on for them or weekly, or however they feel called to connect. But I'm really loving working with my intuitive um, abilities to just listen to what's going on for them and be able to drop in little downloads for them when they come through. So if you want to join us and be part of this new paradigm of leadership and business, if you've got a service-based or product-based business, and you're looking to either create a social vision to situate your business in, or you're looking to amplify your impact, or you're looking to call in like-minded women as your clients to literally like build the world that you desire to see together, or you want to, you've got an existing business, you want to reorient it to be more socially conscious, this is for you. It's a play space I designed just for you. So come play megberryman.com forward slash unbound. 
Now, my next guest um, is Sora, and she is a beautiful mentor that I've worked with um, in a few different capacities over the years. Uh, she's a speaker, she's a coach, she's a teacher, she's a healer, she's a medicine woman, she's a podcast host, and um, has her own YouTube channel and runs Priestess TV. Um, but more than that, she's just done the work. And that really comes through in everything that she shares and teaches. She's um, so inspiring. I know you're going to love this chat and to hear her wisdom around sacred business and positioning it within a social change lens. So without further ado, here is Sora. Sora, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Meg. I'm excited to to get into this we always have such great conversations so I'm just going to dive right in there because there's no um filter here and just ask what is the change that you want to see in the world and how are you currently showing up for that Absolutely. Um, so the change that I want to see in the world is to see healers and coaches and creatives, those who are change makers and seen as spiritual women identifying leaders in our communities, really understand and find a place within themselves, a courageous place that they can claim their equitable space in entrepreneurship, meaning that they can use their thriving business, success, and abundance to help create more impact based on where they desire, where they desire to serve mm, I love that there's and there's like so many layers to that already within <laughs> within that I love the word that you used around equity and space taking up space um, because those things are acts of social change in a world where our work culture is changing so I just wonder whether you would be so kind to share I guess your journey to entrepreneurship um, to business and how maybe some of the evolutions that you've taken through that um, knowing that it's a seasonal and cyclical process and I'd just love to hear the story Absolutely. So when I think about even sacred business, I think about it in several ways, including the fact that I am a business owner, I support other businesses, and I've been part of a business by being an employee. And so for me growing up, my parents were small business owners. And so I saw the, the pros and also the challenges around being um, a business owner and working for yourself. And so when I stepped into having having to find my own career, uh, I chose very clearly that I wasn't going to be an entrepreneur. That was not going to be my thing, actually. I was going to go work for companies and do great things, and I, it was aspirational. But what I noticed was during those periods of time that there was um, unsafe spaces and I, can, I found myself thriving until there was a point where I started to then be fearful of the community and the environment I was in. And then I would find ways to leave and start anew. And my whole journey was seeking spaces that felt aligned and safe for exploration and therefore then innovation. And I went everywhere from careers in fashion to education to consulting and business and ultimately started to work for myself because my path then led to some deep internal healing, which only led to then understanding safe spaces. Mm. I, I love the um, interconnectedness you spoke about in terms of 
the inner healing work and then how that shows up in business because I think that one of the paradigms that where us as leaders is starting to move toward tearing down or or replacing or building a a different paradigm is this idea that as women identifying leaders we need to be and show up in a compartmentalized way right like that that our healing is like our personal work you know this idea of work-life balance like they're separate you know we're, we're not separate we're when we're congruent when we're in our bodies we're not a separate entity that has these different um different like identities we're one person that has different expressions and we're able to show up across different areas and of course the healing we do in one area is going to have profound effects in somewhere else in our lives and before the call you were saying you're really focusing on congruence this year within yourself across many aspects of life but did it take some time for you to work out like that identity piece within the expressions that you were showing up in did it take some time for you to find like how source shows up in business and elsewhere absolutely it took some time I find that that's been the journey of myself and so ultimately what I find is that the journey now looking back that I can get clear around as I step forward is that I was looking towards understanding leadership within myself so how do I show up within my values, understanding my beliefs, being in integrity and in alignment with what I say, what I do, how I support, who I support, um, and how do I cultivate a nourishing space for others, including my team members, to feel like they are also thriving and invested in the future of the community. And so the steps that I took in all the different areas really came to this pivotal moment of now, which is what did I need to know in order for me to feel confident, in order for me to have really clean and clear boundaries, and also be open to change. Yeah, the boundaries thing is huge. And I like how you're talking about some of these aspects of leadership. And I want to dive there because I think that whether one is a business owner or not, if if someone is socially conscious, I think my whole thing is that we are all leaders. Just some of us are unconsciously leading, and you know, the the more empowered and the more congruent we become, the more leadership is just the natural extension of that. In that, people will start looking toward us. So, where is your current, I guess, perspective on leadership and? How has that evolved over time as well? Absolutely. So I do believe that there's an internal leader within you. So almost as if it was an archetypal energy. Um, And to me, leadership from an internal standpoint is being self-responsible around your thoughts and your emotions and your stories, knowing when you are projecting those outwardly and taking responsibility for that, understanding that the person in front of you has their own stories and perspectives, and then therefore being able to have conscious conversation and understand the art of rhetoric and art and disagreeing and still coming from a place of love and compassion, that it's not always about changing someone to get them on your side, but it's actually to understand the scope of an idea, being able to have conversations with one another and ultimately come to a place of saying either I now feel like I'm coming to a place of agreeing with you. I still don't agree with you, but I respect what you're saying 
or I find that possibly we need to come back to this after we both have gotten more information or thoughts around this. So that's what I think about internal leadership. When I think about outwardly leadership, so for example, in a corporate culture, I don't actually believe that everyone is a, everyone wants to be in a leadership role. Not that they can't be a leader in their own division or in their own workspace, but not everyone actually wants to be a manager or be the CEO of the company. Because what that means is, as for example, for a creative, it means you're not no longer creating, you're delegating, you're team building. And so there's different aspects to that. And so for me, I'm looking at it around my internal leadership. And then when it comes to something like my team, looking to see because I am stepping into that role, the role of a leader within my organization, what how do I need to develop my own skills and mindsets and feelings so that I'm creating a space for those to really um, be able to feel safe and also be able to create in the most incredible ways. Mm. I love that you keep coming back to this safe space idea because I think that, um, you know, you've been such an incredible mentor to me in terms of stepping up as a space holder and making safe spaces, but that's really been predicated on how much safety we're willing to create within ourselves. And we were just having a conversation about saying no to, to being in crisis and, and you doing that internal work of safety and how I really believe that's a, a sacred act of, of leadership, whether we're leading in a, in a leadership role or not. And the more safe and included and whole that we can feel within ourselves naturally you know, extends outward. Um, so around this idea of safety, I think that currently, you know, if you look um, in the matrix or, or in the in the projected reality or whatever, the, the, felt sent, the felt reality, I think a lot of kind of socially conscious peeps are feeling like there is a lot of it's not it's not super safe out there right now on a on a physical level here in Australia with the bushfires but also just on an energetic level and so I wonder for those who haven't delved into the into the world of space holding and safety and and these concepts are really new um, how do we start to bring safety within ourselves and then within the collective so that as you say we can be in the fullest expressions of ourselves in all those creative ways? Absolutely. It's a really great question. Um, I think there is a place to speak about sacred rage. So there's a difference I find from an energetic standpoint when someone is, uh, so for example, if I'm really upset and all I'm doing is pointing fingers and ranting and raving, about a situation versus sacred rage, being able to harness that frustration and take a moment to feel into why am I so angry? How have I not taken some responsibility in being active around it? What, what better choices can I make 
Um, who can I support that is actively involved in the change-making process of this? And then also, how can I come to a place of laying down my sword and having a peaceful conversation around the fire with someone who is totally on the opposite side to see what is going on with them by being in by being just curious as if I was an investigator. Um, and then that helps me get to a place of sacred rage, meaning being able to share in a way that feels um, that could be disruptive. And but still not necessarily lashing out on a particular person or a group, right? Being able to express my inner um, sadness or deep mourning and therefore then place of disappointment um, about what is happening and do that in a way that people feel like they're being woken up by what I'm saying, but also has a space where they can soften into learning. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes so much sense. And I love how you keep coming back to this thing about conversations, courageous conversations, because, you know, this idea that humans change, like that we change through force, like we don't. Force just creates um, not safety, creates the opposite of safety, creates fear. And so I really believe, you know, that, when we talk about social change, there's all these different entry points and pathways that we can affect change on a system, you know, a system being just a collection of individuals. And it's not about, um, as you said, like projecting onto someone else to, to force change. It's about really being open and vulnerable enough to share what's really going on for us and to share that we don't know what to do sometimes like the enormous humility that can come from just being like I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to fix this but together there's possibility for this didactic conversation and these reflections and this like moments of shared humanity that I believe is really at the heart of what a regenerative culture looks and feels like and a regenerative culture looks and feels a bit like a circle to me do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. The visual that comes to me is when we are pushing against something, um, the other person or that other thing is going to push back because if they don't, they'll fall. And if they keep pushing, you're going to fall. None of that feels good whatsoever versus opening your palms up to the sky and being like, I'm here or sitting down and patiently waiting to see if the other person or the other community or the other thing will also soften and sit, right? There's a, a pause in that. And you're then taking the, the leadership role in ensuring that um, there is a space for a different version of what has already been. Mm, and yeah. that circle, you're right. And it just strikes me that, you know, the, 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 difficulty in that is that we need to lay down all our all of those old hurts and emotions and stories that kind of can come back up and be really present in these situations you know I was in a grocery store the other day and I overheard a, a gentleman talking to the shopkeeper about how the greenies should all go and tie themselves to trees you know and 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 my my inner child was like what 
what? Like, how can you? But but this sentiment is really present right now in the collective, you know. Right. And and so for me, I had to go into the car and take a moment of like just quietening down the little girl that was like, someone wants to hurt me, you know. Some and and the reacting from that place that was really triggered just I know wasn't the answer to that right like even energetically I wasn't able to have a conversation with him because he left but like energetically how I responded to that situation it wasn't like that sacred rage that you talked about because there wasn't self-responsibility it was just this enormous emotional trigger and charge of like what and I think that that's where the sacred leader it's, it's that moment of pause, isn't it, to, to meet all that's coming up in the experience but to, um, to move through it to, I guess, to find a way to um, take responsibility for that so we're not, we're not leading from that place. Yes, totally. So I want to talk about business because, like, this is your jam and um, I know you're so passionate about helping people, like, at all stages of business. Um, And I wonder, like, how you see business currently as a force for change. Like, how do you see that paradigm being part of the new culture that we're building? Absolutely. So I find that I'm in a really blessed space because the predominantly the clients that I work with are coaches, healers, creatives, and leaders within their communities. And so their business is really around having this problem that they see and they've identified and having a particular solution to it and are really urgent around ensuring that their particular flavor of their solution is out there in the world for anyone who it feels resonant with. And so to me, that feels as if that is the pivotal thing that the mainstream society is in need of, um, that the mainstream society wants, which is there are a lot of people out there who may not necessarily speak the same language of, you know, three, four, five D and all of that stuff. But what they do feel is that there is inner work that needs to be done things need to change, and they know that it has to come from them first. Now, their language might be different, but I've spoken to a lot of people outside of my field, and I hear the same thing. And so for my clients who have businesses, I find that it's a really exciting time for them because if they can, again, let go of the idea of what others, quote, others outside of their own circles are like, they have an opportunity to create bigger and greater or change because they're moving into different types of communities. And so that in itself leads to then this next idea, which is that business is about how to create um, connection And it's not just about finding your own little hub of people that you surround yourself with, with quote, like-minded people that you only are in, but how do you open that up so that there's diversity, diversity in thoughts, diversity experiences, diversity in where you grew up, diversity of your ancestral lineage. And that in itself then creates a ripple effect of large, massive healing that could be global. Um, And so those are kind of the things I find. And lastly, the other thing business I'm noticing is that business isn't about how can I 
um, do better than, or how can I take a larger chunk of a market versus you, but rather how can I collaborate and together we rise to the occasion because we're supporting one another. Mm. So good. That last point is like, it seems to be so present for 2020. So many people are like, the word that's going through is collaborate. And I'm like, yes, because it's so important. And I, and I really see business as like the portal, right. For like all of that growth and all of those working through all of that stuff. Like it's just one portal that we can explore that it's neither good or bad. Right. Like I think that there we're moving beyond this idea that business is bad and or good or like that paradigm is dead and it's so exciting to see yeah like all these pathways now of like we've gone beyond this um my business helps people to my business is actually this this force you know this catalyst this um expression and it's doing its thing out there in the world and I'm supporting it and it's so exciting like I, I get really excited about it um, because, but it's also, it's also, as I think we've talked about before, um, like a, a kind of not a baptism of fire, but it's, you do face yourself there, don't you? Oh, yes. If you really want to have a fast-paced understanding of your own self-development and where you need growth and opportunity for some great lessons, I would say be your own business owner. <laughs> when you said before, when you said before, I grew up with parents that ran a business and I was like thinking, I was like, why did you ever run a business? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Because I was the same. But then here we are. Here, here we, we are, are doing that thing. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm thinking like specifically about like a creative or maybe someone that feels drawn to holding space and they're kind of in that freeze response. Like there's a desire that's bubbling up within them, but then there's this being met with like the financial thing or like, I can't do that. I wonder like, what is the safest way someone can start to play in the, in the, in this field of like business um, and to widen this kind of expression of business so that they feel comfortable playing in their hat what would be your advice for them right at that beginning point sure um so in the beginning point I would say it's really about play um and noticing how to get noticing when you're curious so not just getting curious but notice when you do something and this curiosity sparks your internal flame to want to know more or do more or research more about it um so those areas helps you not necessarily because it's going to be the thing that you work towards and create a business around, but what it does, it it energetically allows you to tap into this place of unlimited possibilities. You know, when you're doing something that you just are completely immersed in and you realize that there is an expanded energy force around you and you find like, you, you feel like you are magic. That's the space. Within that space, if you continuously tap into that space, more and more without overthinking it or overanalyzing it from your mind, you will naturally fall into the business that you're supposed to hold, that you're supposed to connect with, the soul of your business that is desiring for you to be the way shower. Mm, It's such a, I love the word play and just the way that you described it, it can feel so fun and juicy. And so 
what happens then when we start to put that pressure of like this needs to make money like what I know you're you've done so much work around money and I did your course last year it was so great but I like I wonder what happens that moment when we like start to be really intense about that but now I need it to make money otherwise it's not in air quotes I'm doing air quotes here successful yeah so it's like anything when we say it must (laughs) (laughs) when for it could be anything so for example if you're if you realize you are loving the run and so you're getting up in the morning and you're going for a run and all of a sudden you go into this mindset of I must run every day and you put this requirement on something that was utter joy, what happens? You're not going to run <laughs> or it becomes really stressful. It becomes super stressful or, oh, you're enjoying yourself and you're dating out there and you're loving it. And all of a sudden you're like, I must find a partner, a long-term serious partner. Whoa, the whole flirtation, loving, you know, enjoying a joyable vibe that you have now given off is no longer there. So same thing with your business. There is definitely places of putting an intention, which is having a feeling and noticing how you can replicate that feeling or generate that feeling in different areas of what it is you're doing. But there's another thing about putting a requirement on it because what it does is it cuts you off from the magic of possibilities. Yeah. It just is like the death of my creativity whenever there's like the should (laughs) voice come over. It's like, bye creativity. Yeah. That's really just really sage wisdom. I wonder, um, too, I'm just thinking about, I'm completely, you know, my Gemini brain's going in a million miles, so I'm just going to completely change track for a moment. You know, we're talking about business as a force for good. I wonder how, and you were talking about some of the things that you're doing, like, within your business. So it's not just about like that we're helping people or that we're offering solutions and growth, um, that actually the business itself, the entity can be and the way that we run it and the processes within it can be culture shifting as well. And I wonder how you personally have found a unique way to, to kind of bring about your values within the processes of running your business. I know you talked about safety with your team and there are other things that come to mind. Absolutely. It's a great question. So when I look at my values and my business, um, it's one of those things that absolutely it's an evolution, right? So I'm in year seven of my business. So what I knew to be true or what I was learning or working on year one is vastly different than year seven. And so right now what I'm noticing is I knew from the very beginning that one of my values was around community. But until this point, what I thought about community was community building and me being the center of all that was happening. And what I'm doing now is shifting that idea in everything I do, which is how do I design a community where everyone has a seat at the table? And in the beginning of, let's say, stage one of that, I might be the one who is Um, showing up every day. But stage two, three, four, and the iterations afterwards is how do I cultivate that leadership and that place for others to step in and also be visible within the community? Because in business, what I typically find that has happened is you, quote, don't want to do that because then what if you 
um, are missing a client or a potential customer. I can't possibly let someone else within my organization rise to the occasion, right? That I don't believe that to be true. If everyone is communicating and everyone feels great in the community and they find that they're helping one another, then they are learning and thriving and therefore that are more, are well-resourced enough where they may desire additional support or deepening into something, in which case they might need a mentor or a guide, and therefore they will then desire to, let's say, lean on me for that support. And so everything I do now is around how can I ask, what do you need support with, and how how much of my time could be spent giving it to those around me freely as a resource so that they can feel held and supported because ultimately we are on a long-term journey and deepening our relationship with one another because everyone in my community is a person. They're not just a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, so much yes to that, to actually every single person. And, and I think challenging the obsession with metrics, like metrics are and data is great but but we need to go beyond that I think um within the paradigm of business to really you know as as sacred social leaders at least I talk a lot about letting go of um the need for constant quantifying validation not to say that we need to not make money or we don't want to be expanding our message to more people but if that's the sole measure and that is the only thing that keeps us showing up then you know that's this the the kind of a late stage capitalist thing that we're trying to move beyond that we're trying to recreate a new structure and so I think that I really hear that and um and I love that you keep talking about community my community and you're talking about your team as well as your more extended community I also find that there are different stages when it comes to metrics. So um, I find in the beginning, a lot of people are looking at metrics as a way to create that safety, to understand in a world that really is um, unclear, how do you know if something is working or not mm. working, yeah. right? When, when you don't know who's listening or not listening. And so I can see how that then becomes a crutch where you're a bit obsessed with how many followers and who's opened my e- email letters and, you know, how many people are showing up for this event and all of those things. And the natural next stage of that is not looking at metrics anymore to really mm. be able to feel and be open and allow yourself to be present and visible and support um, and show up. And so I find that that's like the next stage. What I find after that is the harmony between the two because metrics and data actually is storytelling and it tells the best stories. It tells us when um, we're not in alignment. It tells us when Mm. there is a concept that your community is deeply desiring more of. And if you don't know that, you've just passed an opportunity to help them grow even more, Mm. right? Um, Data helps us understand like where we're heading and where we want to go because I'm sure yourself and a lot of those that are listening, you want to create great impact, meaning touch as many person people as you can, one person at a time. But if you don't know where you're heading with that, how can you possibly get there? How can you dream into that? And so I find that there are different stages, but ultimately, just like everything, there's congruency, which is harmonizing both the places that feel very masculine with the places that feel very feminine. 
As you were talking, it's just, yeah, it became, I love that idea of the metrics being, like for me, they're the external representation of my inner knowing, right? Like I often have those intuitive senses of like, I want to go here or I want to say this or, and then the metrics uh, or what is not in alignment, I do it anyway. And then the metrics often back that up. And I think particularly when, um, there's all these reasons why we're being pulled out of that state, having that external thing that our rational intellectual mind can be like, see, like, see what I'm saying? It's really helpful. So I really, I thank you for being nuanced about that. It's really helpful. Mm. And also reminding everyone that it's not only the areas where you're not in alignment, it's the areas where you think, oh, it's just a small thing, but actually it's a very big thing. So it might be a small thing for you to speak about, the day you are having with your children. But if everyone is commenting, there's something in that that people want more of. Mm. And it might feel very vague, not even vague. It might feel like it's something small. And you're like, well, they're just liking it because I'm just talking about my family. Actually, no, there was something in that share that allowed an opening for people to want more. And those are the things that I find are the gems that we're not looking for. Mm. yeah yeah it's really true I was just thinking I was just reflecting as you said that it's that that um right now it feels like there's a lot of um desiring for that peeling back the layers within our you know family lives and personal lives um to for there to be truth there and honesty and I think that's really really wise so I just on that I guess with the community piece for those who maybe have been in business a little while that are ready to grow their communities, um, but not in a way that, as you say, we're seeing just huge numbers and, and it's about more and more and more, like how can we really intentionally grow our communities, get the message out to more people and to feel really good about that in the process? Absolutely. Um, what I find is that the first initial steps that people were taking that really worked well was this idea of um, of commenting and, and letting your community know that you were you were there, you were with them, that they were part of what you have created. What I find now is: is there a way to create um, collaboration? Not just meaning like, oh, all of these people that I have, I have to work with them and give and take and all of this stuff. No, but what I mean is to highlight or to spotlight as a way of creating some divine reciprocity, a way to value them that feels true for you. So whether that is, um, you know, spotlighting a community member in your newsletter to, um, every week doing at least three Instagram posts where you're sharing a community member because you took the time to research them and share them because you actually really, really value themselves and what they do. Or it's um, ensuring that in your group that there is moments where people can not just introduce themselves, let's say in a Facebook group, but ask for support while also 
um, giving something to the community. So for example, I could say, may I have some support in looking over this particular sales page? And in exchange for anyone out there in the community, I would love to take a moment on Zoom to have 10 minutes where I can just listen to whatever it is you're working on this week. Right. So that there's this back and forth experience of giving and receiving that happens that creates a more dynamic community. Community isn't just about you speaking at people. Community is your neighbors being neighborly, friends making friends, communities, uh, community members reaching out to other community members that it's not just about you. I love it, too, because it's just so like tearing down the hierarchy of like of, of being in a space and being like who's who's got the most followers like where like where is everyone adding the value system here and right. just being like everyone has so much to offer everyone has different things for different people and let's celebrate everyone's gifts you know regardless of of the metrics again and i love it it's like a circle yes it is <laughs> Well, I am just conscious of time and I would love to, I guess, wrap this conversation up by asking whether there's anything else you feel called to share around sacred business, what that is, around how, um, what leadership, um, about leadership in this kind of current climate or anything else that's intuitively coming through that you feel like someone needs to hear today. I'm just so grateful to be a part of this conversation when it comes to sacred leadership and knowing that there's so many out there that are curious and taking some great action to internally develop our own muscles around responsibility and owning our truth. In addition to then when it comes to sacred businesses, Knowing that, you know, as as we continue to be in this paradigm where we are using money to give to someone or something to then get something in return, right? Whether that is for a cup of coffee or for a book or for a experience over summer break, that sacred business is around understanding not to go dark or asleep when making your purchases, but actually being awake and intentional about why you're making those purchases. And then who are you supporting in that purchase? Um, And there's no judgment. You can use Amazon for one thing, but then use a small local business for another. I'm not saying that you have to do one or the other, but to be awake during the process, because that will just help us again, take responsibility. Mm, I love that awakeness. Ah, Sora, thank you so much for all of your wisdom and time today. I've just loved this conversation. I know everyone's going to get so much out of it. Thank you. 